up, listen up, what's good? It's your girl, Lady Sola, back at it with episode four of the Listen Up podcast. And I am so, so excited, y'all. I have a very special guest in the building. He is like none other. And, you know, he just really cracks me up. Every time we, you know, hang out, we talk, we catch up, he is just saying crazy-ish, y'all, okay? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to drag your ass on my little podcast I got going on. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Jamario. How you doing today? What's up, Abby Sola? You know, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm chilling, doing a little wine sipping while we are uh, getting this conversation going. So for those of you that don't know, the Listen Up podcast is basically just a regular conversation on things that are going on around us regarding sports, entertainment, stories that go viral, what's happening on social media, social issues, you name it, we cover it, all right? So every episode, I try to have a special guest on to kind of help put their two cents in, and we kind of go back and forth on different topics. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. First topic is about the NBA semifinals. Obviously, that's the biggest uh, story in sports right now. So we got the Cavs and Celtics on the eastern side, and then we got the Warriors and Spurs on the western side. So we're going to start off with the Cavs and Celtics. My first question is, as far as LeBron James goes, is this the best version that we're seeing of the King right now? What do you think, Jamaria? Well, I think LeBron is Bron. And I, I do think he's basically doing his thing right now. So I would say that this is the best version of LeBron James. LeBron Ortheus James. Ortheus, is that his middle name? I did not... I did not know I'm that. I'm not sure. I just threw that you in just, there. Yes. You just was feeling yes. the spirit. Something told you that. Yes. I'm going to call him Ortheus. Let's get into why. What are some of the things this season, this postseason especially, that you've noticed from him that is leading you to say, yes, this is the best of the best that we've seen since LeBron has come into the league? Well, right now, Abby, LeBron is a complete leader. In previous playoffs, LeBron has faltered. LeBron has missed shots. LeBron has has complained and cried to the referees. Right now, he's being a true leader, and he's really, really taking it to the next level. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I will have to agree with that. You know, from what I've seen in the this past postseason, LeBron James, he just continues to step it up. You know, every year, it's like he's becoming a new version of himself. He wants more out of himself he wants to push himself more he wants to take on new leadership abilities and new challenges and this year is no different you know especially in the postseason you know towards the end of the regular season obviously the Cavs were like second to last in terms of being one of the worst defensive teams in the league so obviously their defensive um mechanisms was was a big eyebrow raiser and a lot of analysts didn't know if they were going to get that together. But in the postseason, you see, just like a light switch, they just turned it right on. Once the postseason came, they swept through, you know, the Pacers, swept through the Raptors, and here they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that just goes to show LeBron is capable of doing anything. And even in the, the first game of this series, he made comments like, hey, I don't really think we played that well. He had like 39 points in game one against the Celtics. He, that's, you know? that's LeBron being humble. You know, he's a humble, humble basketball player. He always takes the high road. So that's just LeBron being humble. 
Hmm, okay. Well, I guess it's a, he's come a long way from the take my talents to South Beach that he used to say, right? That's right. <laughs> so, I'll, you know, I want to Wait, move don't, don't leave off LeBron. Oh, um, okay. Because he does some of the best post-game interviews. Um, I'm just waiting for LeBron to come out in a romper. <laughs> yes, the I, romper. I would like I'm... to see him in a romper. Ooh, would you now? What kind of romper you would like to see him in, Jamario? Because I think I know your type just by stop now. It. Stop it, girl. Next topic. <laughs> we we going to come back to that. But I want to get into Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, this has been a very, I, w- I would call it triumphant season for him, especially in the postseason. He's overcome so much. He's proved so many naysayers with his performances and with his lack of size. He makes up for it in heart. So what do you have to say about Isaiah Thomas, just in general, from him losing his sister to basically, you know, leading the team, being the smallest man on the team and and leading that team to where they are today? I would say Isaiah Thomas is a a giant, even though he's 5'9". Isaiah Thomas, from what I see, is balling out of control, scoring all the points for the Celtics, and he's making himself as a late MVP candidate, even though he's not a true MVP candidate. Hmm. I like that point, him making himself a late MVP candidate, because obviously the talk has been about Russell and, and James Harden, who, as we know, basically disappeared in game six of, of their series. Exactly. We don't know what happened with that. That was crazy. But yeah, Isaiah has definitely been the underdog throughout this whole thing. And, you know, he's really starting to shine right now. And, you know, he took out my Bulls, which uh, I didn't like them for because we really did have a, a viable chance. But, you know, ish happens. But he really has shown his his internal aggression and just kind of his drive and he's so cool about everything he's such a, a easygoing guy but his actions definitely speak louder than anything else let's talk about the Celtics future this has been really a hot topic for the last few weeks the NBA draft lottery just kicked off like the other day and they basically got the number one draft pick so <laughs> they're on the up and up, you know what I'm saying? If there's any team that can compete with the Cavs, it's definitely the Celtics. So, you know, there's a couple of things. They have lots of salary cap space, you know, number one pick. They have multiple picks, actually. And, you know, there's also that one-year timeline left on IT's contract. So what do you think about the Celtics' future? What do they need to do? The future is bright yeah. for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Lee Green, I-, I used to live in Boston. So oh, that did was you fun. Now? Yes, it was fun. Boston's a great city. Second city of brotherly love. Oh, second city. What did you know about that, Jamaica? Yeah. Any, anyway, Boston <laughs> is set really well. They they must have won the first pick and they're gonna be positioned in now and in the future to really be in the playoffs and be a contender each year. Mm. Mm, preach, preach now. Mm. I think that, you know, the Celtics are here to stay and we're seeing like a second coming of them, you know, back like a decade ago. It was Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, you know, the big three back in the day and they were, you know, very dominant in the East. So now we're kind of seeing a resurgence with the Celtics. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year if they can. That's right. That's right. I mm-hmm. mean, hopefully the Celtics continue to go far in the playoffs. And, um, you know, the only thing is if, if, if Isaiah Thomas shows up at a press conference with a romper, he'll look like a little baby. He'll look like about a 13-month-old. So he, he shouldn't wear no romper. He should. So he should. LeBron should wear the romper. Yeah, but... IT shouldn't wear no romper. So what should IT wear? You know, he's kind of 
just wear some huh? some regular you know jeans and a ripped up shirt or something, but mm. no rompers for it. He no. look like a thirteen month old with a rattle. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so um in terms of trading, who do you think they should try to get? You know, there's a couple of prospects that have been tossed around. Hayward, you know, with the Jazz, PG thirteen at the Pacers, Mello maybe. You know, there's so much drama in New they, they York. They don't want Mello. He got too much drama right now. They don't want Mello. They don't want none of that drama. Okay, we don't we don't scratch Mello yeah, out. Mello's gone. Mello Mello has his own issues he's dealing with with Lala. He need to handle Lala. I agree. So is there anybody that you feel like Kyle Lowry is basically, he's opting out of his contract this summer, so he's basically Kyle's saying, not a baller. He's not built for TV. He's not mm, a baller. Not when the playoffs come, he's not built for TV. Mm, all right mm-hmm. now. So nobody nobody in mind. No, they have a solid nucleus right now. They take that okay. draft pick, and they keep it moving. All right. I, I ain't mad at you for that one. I know my sports. <laughs> No matter I know my what sports show. and I know my sports male celebrities. I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, he, he didn't just left it out on the table with that one. Um, outcome for the Eastern Conference Finals. What is it looking like? How many games can the Celtics win? Can the Celtics win? What, no, what they, they can't. The Celtics cannot win. Okay. LeBron will be in the finals, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's a foregone conclusion. Celtics may get one game, but LeBron will be in the finals. Okay. Okay. So you think they'll walk away just winning one game? So That's it's just it. a five game just series. One. I'm leaning towards two games. You know, I'm I'm probably kind of stretching it a little bit, but I think they possibly on the upside can win two games. But I'm agreeing with you. At the minimum, it'll be one game for them, and they'll be out. Uh, let's move on to another interesting series. Uh, in case y'all don't know, Jamario is a very avid San Antonio Spurs fan. Uh, he loves them. I don't know why, y'all. I really don't. But he does love them, and so we're going to get into that. Obviously, game one of the finals, Zaza Pachulia accidentally puts his foot out as um, Kawhi is coming down from a three-pointer, and Kawhi kind of you know, lands on his foot and, you know, has a twisted ankle or whatever the case was, but he was out for the rest of the game. This is in the third quarter where there was about seven and change minutes left. So do you think Zaza is a dirty player? Do you think that move was intentional at all? How do you feel about that game and Don't, that play? I, I'm very upset about the outcome. I did sign a petition for the lawsuit against, for the lawsuit against Zaza Japulia. Zaza Japulia. Japulia. Okay, I, I ain't gonna ask how you Zaza that. Jabulia. Zaza, I didn't even know there was a. That's how I say it. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know there but was. But there's a lawsuit filed by a San Antonio Spurs fan, and I, I signed that on change.org myself. Oh, okay. Well, for all the fellow Spurs fans out there, if you feel that Zaza is indeed a dirty player and you want to see him, you know, reap what he sowed, then go on to change.org and you know, any more information on that? Just go no, just search. search. Google search, change.org, Zaja. All right, that's all you need to do. Maybe he'll be out for the rest of the series. As you can see, the one thing I want to say is in game two, you saw how he kind of landed on his foot, I think after a dunk or something, and he was he had to be taken yeah, out of the like game. Baby. It looked like he wanted to cry to mama. <laughs> to me, I just feel like that was karma. 
Like, even though he didn't intend, he claims, I didn't even know. I didn't know. I, I just looked back and I, I saw that he was on the ground. I had no idea. I feel so bad. No, I feel so bad. He said all of that, but it's karma. That's how I feel. Also, what is interesting is that there is this warrior's dominance. You know, KD, Curry are definitely the front runners. Who do you think is like the more key player? Because they both are very integral to the team, but... You know, even with bringing KD on, Steph is, man, he's, <laughs> he's I, I killing it. I, I don't like to speak on the Warriors. I don't believe in their philosophy of having so many superstars. So I reserve my comments. Mm, okay. All right. Do not agree with that. You don't agree with the super team and how they just threw nope, that all they, together and nope. how they just unstoppable. and Making basketball not fun again. I, you know, I agree. I agree. There's no surprise element anymore. It's just... All right, Warriors, you did it again. You know, Steph just lobs the ball up. You could be throwing it up to the moon, and it'll still land in the basket, you know? It's crazy. What are some of the Spurs' weaknesses to you? What is their biggest weakness? You know, Kawhi is not in at the moment. Aldridge is very inconsistent. That kind of annoys me. Obviously, Tony Parker is injured. So what are some of their, their issues? The biggest issue is LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm. All right. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Aldridge. LaMarcus is playing at the top of the key like he's Kobe Bryant, doing fadeaway jumpers, turnaround jump shots. He has Draymond Green, one of the top defensive players in the league, his dark skin self. Mm. One of his, one of the top defense. I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that. I did not say all that. He's just dark skin. That's all I said. So, the top one of the top defensive players in the whole NBA, and Lamarcus want to be Kobe Bryant. He need to get his behind in the post, his big head, get his behind in the post, Mm. and do some work. That's it. That's the biggest weakness for the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Jamaria. I do. I think Lamarcus, you know, he just he doesn't have enough confidence, you know, and I feel like he just looks lost. I think he's offy. I think he's offy. What does offy mean? I'm from Chicago. I don't know what that means. Can you enlighten me? I mean, me, he please? rode the small bus. That's all. Oh no, not the short bus. Now, okay, See, we with the tent. Oh no, the short bus with the tent because they can't have the sunlight. It like hurts their brains yeah. too much on their eyesight and all that. Oh my gosh, that is terrible. Well, my last question on this topic, does the Spurs have a chance of winning the series at all? And how can they make this happen? Greg Popovich, that's my boy. Greg Popovich is one of the best coaches in NBA history ever. I agree. If he makes key adjustments, he finds a way to light some fire under LaMarcus's behind, and Kawhi comes back in game three and wrecks, wrecks some shop. Mm-hmm. The Spurs right. have a chance to win game three and take game four. If that happens and it becomes a three-game series, then the San Antonio Spurs do have a chance. Yes, they do. And you you going to ride that out to the very end, huh? That's it. Yeah, I think the X factor is definitely Kawhi. Their future in this playoff series is definitely hanging in the balance right now. If Kawhi returns, that shifts everything. If he does not return or he doesn't return to the caliber that they need him at, I'm sorry, the series is going to be over in five games maximum. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I know. I know it hurts your heart. I know it hurts your heart. It sure does. 
It hurts your heart to say that. Well, let's move on to, you know, our next topic. There has been an update on a case from November of last year regarding Terrence Crutcher. I know you guys are familiar with him. Basically, the female officer from Tulsa who actually shot him fatally has just been awarded with the non-guilty verdict. So the jury in Tulsa has said that she is non-guilty. So basically, she got off. That's a shame. That's just a shame. Isn't that it? man did not deserve to die. No, he didn't. He didn't. I would say I'm so shocked and, and disappointed and heartbroken, but, you know, I just feel like that's a broken record. You know what I mean? Like, this has been going on in so many cases with different black males and females, and it's just, it's really disappointing to see the outcome happened this way. And his twin sister actually said, let it be known that I believe in my heart that Betty Shelby, that's the officer that that killed him, got away with murder. And I don't know what was in the mind of that jury. So it's just, it's just a very heartbreaking situation for the family, for the community in Tulsa. And my prayers definitely goes out to that family. His kids, his family, his sister, and everybody. And it's just, I don't know what to say. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what we can do as a nation, as a community, um, to help combat this issue. But it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I agree. Yeah, it's it's a sad, unfortunate course of events. And I I hope that Betty Shelby um, gets a yeast infection. Oh, God. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's the best you got. You know, a yeast infection is temporary. That's just the start. That can heal. I mean, how about, you know, giving her, you know, STD or something? No, no, that's just the start. Just just the start. That's just the the beginning of her demise. Well, you know, all I can say, Betty Shelby, is karma is a bitch. Okay, that's all I can say. But speaking of social injustices, um, here's a guy that has taking it upon himself for an entire year, basically, to stand up for social injustices just like Terrence Crutcher, and that is Mr. QB, Colin Kaepernick. F- former QB. He's unemployed right now. Oh, ooh, you just I'm don't. sorry. It's Damn. Speak the truth. You ain't even Jamario to... speaks the truth. <laughs> well, he ain't even going to try to smooth it over, sugarcoat it or nothing. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He is basically jobless. He should be standing in the unemployment line at the social services office, okay? Because he still don't got a job. But um, we're going to get back to that in a second. But basically, the story is... Is he being blackballed? Is he not being blackballed? Is it just coincidental that no team has taken up an interest in him or tried to sign him? What are your thoughts on this? Is he being blackballed? Well, that, that that's that's a good question. Jamario follows all sports. So basketball, football, everything. I follow all sports. So Colin Kaepernick, when he went about his boycott or his, his protests of the national anthem, it was a noble gesture. It was. But Colin, Mr. Colin should have realized that he was going to turn off 99% of the NFL owners by doing so, even including his own team. And realizing that he has not been the optimal NFL quarterback in the last two seasons, having one of the lowest quarterback ratings in the whole league last season. 
that's not the time to, to do do your thing with with, with protesting and, and and being reckless with some of the things that you you want to do to get your point across. There could have been other ways and better ways to get his point across while he was performing very poorly as a quarterback. Okay, I have two questions because you did make a couple of good points. You said that based on his quality performance on the field, he wasn't in a position to kind of go to that extreme. So my question is if he was actually, if he did have higher quarterback ratings and if he was basically a better quarterback when he stepped in for Blaine Gabbard and took over, do you think it would have went over better or he – it the would the perception would have been that. much better. The perception mm. would have been better. When you're not performing but you're boycotting and protesting, your focus is lost, Colin. Your focus is lost. Instead of studying the playbook, spending time and extra time with your receivers and the in the coaches to get better, the, the the protest became a distraction. And that's what I think owners are looking at is they he, he chose political correctness and social awareness over performance. And that's where Colin went wrong. Mm, okay, all right. Yes, preach out here, Jamario. Um, yeah, like, I, I definitely agree for sure. You know, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he just came to ESPN yesterday, and he said something interesting where he said that Colin should have found a way to express his views without turning people off. So kind of the same thing you're saying. And... I, after kind of seeing how the whole thing unfolded, I have to agree. I think his gesture was brave. His gesture was humane, and it was coming from a heartfelt place. But unfortunately, he got the short end of the stick when it comes to the results of the situation. Obviously, he did raise a lot of awareness. He did spark controversy. He did start conversations, and he had started his own nonprofit regarding going to speak to youth about how to stand up for yourself, how to interact with police and all that. But I think the trade-off... It, he, he wasn't performing. He didn't, how, how do you lose a starting job to Blaine Gabbard? And how Blaine Gabbard just got to signed Gabbard? to a one-year contract. How do you so, lose your starting job to Blaine Gabbard? If the coaches in the 49ers organization did not have faith in Colin Kaepernick to leave him as a starter throughout the year when he was healthy, then there's other issues going on there. I'm sorry. Jamario speaks the truth. Yes, we know. That's his new tagline, y'all. Jamario speaks the truth. But yeah, it, it's true. I think that the issue with this situation with Kaepernick is that, you know, a lot of people just didn't agree with the way that he went about kneeling for the anthem. Obviously, the military, you know, I am a member of the military, so that was a big kind of uh, uh, spin on it as well, that you're basically disrespecting the military and everything that we do. Personally, I, you know, I had different views on that because I knew what his intentions were, so it wasn't that type of situation where he was trying to disrespect Americans' history or the military or anything. He was just trying so to draw light on an issue that has been plaguing us for for so many years, for so many generations. But I do agree. I think his performance on the field obviously hindered him even more. The, 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 the <laughs> in problem terms is of this: the situation the, the, that he's in now. The, the problem is this: Colin Kaepernick wanted to protest the national anthem, which is fine. But if you're gonna go in, go in. When he received his. 90 million, 100 million contract, or however 
much value that was from the San Francisco 49ers, him receiving that contract was a part of the system. The NFL is a part of the system. So if you're going to go in, go in. Don't put your pinky toe in. Go in. Go in. Put your whole foot in the Jump in the whole pool. You can't protest one part of it, but accept the rest of it. Yeah, go hard or go home. And then my other question to follow up what you said earlier was that there were many other ways that he could have went about um, standing for, for, you know, or making his stance known. What are some of those other ways? What are some of other ideas that he could have went about voicing his concern for uh, mistreatment? He could have st- started his initiatives in the community. He could have had his nonprofit, which he has. There are plenty of NFL players who don't agree with some of society's norms, and they find ways to impact society through their various means. Him being in a position where he was riding a bench, I believe it caused more distraction than help. That's just me. It was like a double-edged sword. Like It did bring a lot of attention to injustices, and I think that it did do some good, but I do think it did more harm and good because it was basically a distraction. Anytime the 49ers played, that was the focus. You know, where's Colin? Them constantly zooming in on Colin, kneeling with a few other teammates, even outside of the games, just everything being surrounded about that topic. It did take away from football and and also his talents or his physicality on the field. But there is seems to be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. It looks like the Seahawks may have a bit of interest. Pete Carroll was confirming that the organization has interest in him as well as Robert Griffith Jr. So what do you think about that? Do you think he has a good chance to sign with the Seahawks? Do you think that's a good fit for him? Colin Kaepernick going over to a known rival of his West, the NFC West, if he has no choice, he has no choice. But I, I wouldn't do that move if I was him. The Seattle Seahawks has uh, Russell Wilson, who who actually I think should be wearing rompers at his press conferences uh, in the next NFL season. Thank you. He is um, sexy, but you know, I didn't say all that. Sierra, I didn't say all that. Sierra already got that. a hold on that. I didn't say all that. You a little late. To the I didn't say all that. I just said he should be wearing rompers. Okay. And in that fine Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you see the romper Cam had on though? You getting off topic, girl. Let, let's just let's just stay on topic. So w- what I'm saying is Russell Wilson is the starting quarterback of the Seahawks. Colin Kaepernick going to the Seahawks will mean that he won't do nothing but ride the bench. Russell doesn't get hurt. That offensive line protects Russell. They love him. They embrace him. They watch his back. He don't get hurt. So Colin Kaepernick going to the Seahawks will be a jack move. Okay, I'm going to have to pull a Stephen A. You, Max, and I'm Stephen A. I disagree with you, Jamario. I disagree with you. Here's why, okay? Fact number one, Kaepernick does not have any options. Nobody's checking for him. He is not signed, all right? He's not on the team. So at this point, he's trying to get on any team he possibly can because you know what? He is a community activist, but he still needs to get paid. No matter what that dollar sign is on the check, he needs to get paid. And if the Seahawks have a slight interest in him, you best, you best believe he better jump, okay? Because I don't see any other team looking or sniffing or peeking or inquiring or doing any of those things. That's number one. Number two is he is in the boat where he has no chance to be a starting quarterback. His only option is to be a backup quarterback, meaning that he's going to be a backup somewhere. 
And if he's going to be a backup, which is basically what is in his future right now, why not be a backup for one of the top five teams in the league? A team that recently has been to the Super Bowl. A team that has won the Super Bowl. And I see your point on saying, hey, Russell Wilson isn't going to get hurt. He's a, a, one of the best quarterbacks on the planet, okay? But at the same time, this is the NFL, where the least expected happens, okay? So just because he's well-protected in the pocket, he's a very active quarterback, he moves, doesn't mean that a mistake can't happen. Doesn't mean that one of the new rookies that just got drafted is too quick for that OL, okay, and and gets to, to Russell Wilson. I believe he was slightly hurt last season at some point, too. He had a little bit of an ankle situation. Or so. I can't remember exactly what it was, but last season he did have a little bit of a hiccup where he was a little hurt. So. You're right. You won. All right. Jamario speaks the truth, but you won now. Right. You know, I put on my slight Stephen A voice. You always win when you Stephen A, right? But, yeah, let's move on to the next topic. So, best of luck to Kaepernick, by the way. I hope the Seahawks do take him because it doesn't look like anything else is going to happen. So, we'll hope for the best for him. But real quick, Monique, uh, comedian Monique, uh, you may know her from the Queens of Comedy. She's done several sitcoms. She's been in several movies. She's hilarious. I think she's great. Um, Her name has come up in the headlines recently. She was basically talking about her experiences with Lee Daniels, Oprah, and Tyler Perry, and how she has been blackballed in the past. Um, this has been a topic that's come out years ago before Empire started, because obviously we all know she was rumored to have supposedly supposed to have gotten the cookie roll, which went to Taraji P. Henson. Um, I love Taraji, by the way, and I love Empire. Congrats on all their success. But it was rumored that Monique was supposed to have that role, and that's kind of where the blackballing came from because she didn't get the role, and she hasn't really been in a lot of stuff over the past, you know, several years. So she's brought up this topic again in her comedy set, saying, hey, that she wants to thank Tyler, Oprah, and Lee Daniels for their lack of support for basically going out of their way to label her as difficult to work with on set. So my question is, do you feel like, same thing with Colin Kaepernick, (laughs) you know, do you feel like Monique has been blackballed from the industry? Do you feel like she's being extra? And how can she turn this around? Is that even a possibility? Monique, 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 girl. I'm talking to you right now, girl. Monique, 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 you do not talk about Oprah, number one, the most powerful African-American in in, in the world. You do not talk about Tyler, one of the most powerful African-American men in the world. Shout out to Tyler. I see you, boo. I see you. You do not talk about Lee Daniels, who has one of the most powerful TV movie presence and auras throughout America. For better, you better America. talk about that aura. What you know about that aura? He has an aura. I know this. Like a connection? Just, let's keep okay. it moving. Okay. Stay on task. Okay. Monique, you don't do that. You don't have no TV show right now. You don't have no movie deals right now. You don't got no album with Mary J or no, no, no nothing. You don't got no music or nothing out. You don't have Precious Part 2 coming out. That would be good, though, wouldn't she it? Don't I, would, have, I would love to see She don't got nothing team. going on right now except stand-up. And if you know, like I know, stand-up is cool, 
but it ain't that real money. It ain't that real guap. It ain't that real Skrilla. So what Monique is doing right now is just basically trying to keep herself relevant. And mm. she feels she had nothing to lose to go after the goats of what they do. Lee, Oprah, and Tyler. She want her name in the news. So that's what Monique is doing. Jamario speaks the truth. Mm, 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 mm. Well, hmm, how do I feel about this? Monique, I'm a big fan of Monique, so I'm trying to choose my words wisely here. I do think she's trying to bring her name back to the limelight. She is trying to gain some traction and uh, some popularity back. Kind of beating a dead horse. That's how I see it. It's like, okay, this this headline has come and gone. But to kind of bring it up again in 2017, you know, it's like, really? Like, the way I feel, I feel like she just needs to get to work. You know, don't focus on the Oprah's and the Lee Daniels. Get back to work. Try to erase that that um, viewpoint of you, that reputation, that um, misleading stereotype that is basically on your head. You need to try your best to erase that and move forward and just work with, if you have to do independent films, if you have to work with new directors and producers, if you have to make your own stuff, because hell, you got the money, right? <laughs> I mean, most people in Hollywood are paid. So if you have to do these things just to kind of jumpstart your career again and just work with people that still support you and believe in you, that's what you need to do. You don't need to start recreating old storylines to try to become relevant again. She's doing stand-up, and, and that when you just relegated to stand-up, unless you're Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, you, you're not getting no money like that. Yeah, it's like, it's just like, it's not what I expected to be reading in the news. You know what I mean? This happened so long ago, and obviously that was such a big story when Taraji got the role for Empire, and Empire was new, and it was popular. It still is, but this is the first season when it was literally like taking over everything, and Monique was just like in her little corner saying, but by the way, that was supposed to be mine, or you know, kind of throwing shady comments out there. Um, but we'll move on into our real quick segment. I will start it off. First topic is former Real Housewives of Atlanta star Phaedra Parks has been receiving threats after the reunion, and she is mad as hell about it. She claims a producer gave her the story about Candy wanting to drug and rape Portia. She says that they edited out that part out of the reunion, and they made it look like she made up the story all by herself. So I'm just going to give my little tidbit on this. Phaedra, stop, okay? You got fired, and now you're trying to save face. You're trying to backpedal and backtrack, and I don't care if a producer did whisper something in your ear or not. You didn't have to repeat it on camera. You didn't have to repeat it and tell Portia and repeatedly tell Portia the same exact story that emphatically you insisted that this was legitimate information that you were told. Okay, and you said that over and over. Otherwise, Portia would not have been talking to Candy about the situation and feeling like she has said all these things about her if you didn't say those things. Nobody told you to repeat it. I don't care if you made it up or if the producer told you, which Carlos King, what's up? How you doing? Or whoever it was. But the point is, you dug the hole for yourself and now you got to live in it, okay? That's, that's all I got to say. So the next topic is... L.A. Reid leaves Epic Records, and it's rumored he was forced to, mm, this the T-girl, 
It was rumored it he was forced to step down because of an A&R accusing him of sexual harassment. Mm. Mm. L.A. Reid, got one question before I get into this of you stepping down. Please give Babyface a new record. That's my boo. Oh, that's your boo? Please give Babyface a new record. Please. What's, <laughs> what songs do you like of Babyface? What's your Everything. Favorite? You just, you just like everything. He's just a good performer. He's a very good performer. That's all. He is, though. Oh, his voice is like velvet. It's like butter. Butter, baby. Give him give him a record. If you got to start an independent label, make it happen. But anyway, L.A. Reed. L.A. Reed. It's not a good look. You've been very well respected in the music industry. You've been on those TV shows on Fox. Been doing your thing. For you to have to leave one of the premier record labels in the whole country because you wanted to fill on a young girl's booty, that's just not cool. That ain't cool, bro. Well, moving on to the next topic. As you know, there's been an ongoing beef between Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj. It's, it's quieted down, but I don't think it's fully settled. You know, it's still something that can uprise again. Well, Remy Ma has reacted to Nicki Minaj's No Frauds video. As you know, she released that a couple weeks ago. Um, and this is what Remy Ma has to say. I wasn't particularly shocked. You know what? Nothing shocks me anymore. I'm never like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Nothing really shocks me and nothing really moves me either. I have to care to be like, oh my God. But if you don't care, it really doesn't matter at all. That's like if you guys stop speaking or you guys not hanging with each other and to make me mad, you hang with somebody that you know you think has a problem with me. That doesn't make me mad. That just makes me say, hmm, good thing I'm not around you. Like, whew, dodge that bullet. It doesn't make you feel any type of way. So if that was supposed to be a shot, kind of miss with that one. Yikes. Well, so what was this video about, Miss Abby Solo? Well, you know, Remy Ma stopped in at Power 106 in L.A., um, basically doing some promo. I'm not sure what exactly she was talking about, but, of course, the topic of Nicki Minaj came up in the video. And the whole thing is, obviously, one of Remy's old, very close, if not best friends, Ra Ali, appeared in Nicki Minaj's No Frauds video. So, obviously, that cements the fallout between Remy and Ra Ali. And it's just crazy. Like, I was like, really? Like, I know Nicki dropped Riley's name in the, the song, but to see her in the video, it was like, wow, no loyalty whatsoever, you know? Riley was just like, I'm about to switch teams. Like, you know, and I think Remy is trying to play it off a little bit. I'm sure when she saw that it was a dagger, does she care that much? I don't think so. Because, you know, Remy just keeps it moving. Like, she doesn't really let things get to her. But I definitely think it was a low blow on Ra's part for them to have been so close for so long. You know, she's been close to her since before she went into prison. Ra has always been in her corner for so long, been on Love and Hip Hop with her. So all of a sudden, you're now besties with Nikki, really? And there's no funny business about it? Come on. That's how Ra tried to play it off. She wrote a long Instagram post like, guys, it's not that deep. You know, me and Nikki have been close for some time. We've been cool. We don't have any issues. Me and Remy actually have grown apart. 
a lot earlier than you guys have believed it to be and I don't have any ill feelings towards it. You know, she tried to make it sound nice and everything, but it's kind of shady. That was definitely shady. That's yeah. that that's that girl drama. That's that girl drama. <laughs> You know a thing or two about that, right? I don't know nothing about that. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. So what's the next topic here, Jamario? Next topic is Jordan Peele, producer of Get Out. That movie was awesome. If you have not seen Get Out, then they just say it. Yes. Yes. Get Out. That movie was crazy. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. It was very creepy, though. Girl. Girl, it make you not want to date a white Just keep it moving. So what do they got? What do they got here? He is set to executive produce a new HBO series. So can you tell us a little bit more? I love me some HBO. Shout out Game of Thrones. (laughs) You on your own with that one. I don't really get into the Game of Thrones I know there's people listening at Rock with Game of Thrones (laughs) and the Dragons. So what what are they what is he gonna be producing on HBO Jamario? It's a series called Lovecraft Country. With Misha Green, who is the creator of WGN's hit show Underground. Green will also serve as the writer. Yes, yes. So this is going to be an interesting uh, collaboration. These are both two extremely talented black creative people that are joining forces to create yet another show. And it's going to be on HBO. So anything on HBO is pretty good. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. You know, they do what they want over there. There's no limits. There's no censoring. Um, shout out to Issa Rae. She has her show Insecure on HBO. I love it. Can't wait for the second season. So, yeah, this is just going to be another great culturally divine show on television. And I just love it. I'm loving it. It's amazing. I love HBO. <laughs> and um, let me just give you a little feedback on this thing here. This is based on a novel involving a large, extended, accomplished African-American family living in Jim Crow, Chicago. These characters are a young soldier, man in uniform, they deserve respect, a radical printer, a grifter's daughter turned landlady, a travel agent, a budding comics creator, and many others. They live in their daily lives through harassment, violence, and a legacy of slavery that is anything but ancient history for them. Each character gets their own tale, a series of linked tales that illustrates at a visceral level the terrors of the black American experience and the family's relationship to another family, former enslavers who are Lovecraftarian, obsessed with taming the ancient mysteries and sacrifices unknowable from the universe. That's all I got. Y'all gonna have to tune in. Yes, that's all we need. That That is a description of what the show is going to be about. It's obviously in the early stages, but definitely keep your eyes and ears open to Lovecraft Country. That's all we got for you guys. Those are all of our topics here on the Listen Up podcast. Uh, just want to wrap the show up by saying thank you so much to all the listeners for supporting. Make sure to follow me on social media, on Instagram at Lady Sola Life, L-A-D-Y-S-O-L-A-L-I-F-E. You can also like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lady Sola Life. I'm also on Snapchat and Twitter as well. On Twitter, LOL only Abby, LOL O-N-L-Y-A-B-I. So yeah, thank you so much. This will be up on SoundCloud and iTunes. Is there any, anything? This is Jim Mario. 
Um, y'all can follow me at Jamariel Jamariel at Instagram and all that. So two Jamarios, Jamariel Jamariel. Don't don't forget that second Jamario, okay? Otherwise, you won't be that's, able to find that's it. That's J A M E R I O, Jamario Jamario. Okay, y'all got that? Get it? Got it? Good. That's it for today. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, make sure to hit us up on our social media handles. Until next time, y'all be good. All right. Thank you.